Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Right, good evening everyone and welcome back to Bright Island Disc. I apologise we haven't had a show in a couple of weeks. Um, and you're listening to me, Ollie Spencer. Today in the studio we are hugely fortunate enough to have Mr Calvert in our midst. Woo! Now, <laughs> Mr Calvert, tonight we are setting you ashore. The wonderful uh, Bright Island with your five tracks of choice, of course. So, Mr Calvert... Uh, did you uh, did you have any particular musical talents at school? Any instruments you played in particular? Um, yeah, I, I played some music. I played the um, the piano, the violin, and the drums at various Ooh. times. Uh, not often at the same time. Um, <laughs> I I really enjoyed the music aspect. I was no good at the violin at all, but my uh, my violin teacher was a, a bit of a spiritual guru for me. Uh, <laughs> and I remember he told me in in the equivalent of D when I just arrived. I, I did a um, as part of like a scholarship thing. I did a, a music program, and he sat me down and he went, uh, "Richard, I'm going to be honest. Uh, you're not going to be a concert violinist. Let's just have fun." And I was like, "Fair enough." And then we would have lessons, but I wouldn't even play the violin. We just have a chat. So it was a big part of my school life, and I think it really helped me. But uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, music a small part, but not a, a massive section of my life. Sounds like a great guy, to be fair. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Pearson, yeah, the, my G. <laughs> and it's quite nice to play a musical instrument casually. Definitely, even if it's got a small relevance in your life, it's very, yeah. very nice to have. Um, definitely. Cool. So, Mr. Calvert, talk to me a little bit about your early days. Definitely more, you know, you, you just spoke about school. So um, how did school, how did it impact you as a person? Uh, a great deal. I think I was incredibly highly strung uh, when I was 13. Well, before that, I remember uh, the year 11 play was uh, Seven Golden Dragons. I was playing George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember the day before the read-through, um, just being on my bed in floods of tears with my mum because I hadn't learnt my lines. Uh, I'd only learnt three quarters of them for the read-through and just that kind of approach to life, uh, which was pretty unsustainable. Uh, and I, I kept that up until I was about 16. And then I'll, I'll save it for later because one of the songs is kind of related to it. I just had this realisation that that was just not doing any favours for me. Uh, and I just mellowed out loads. Um, and then in the sixth form, it was great. Really enjoyed playing some sport, um, some rugby and some cricket. Nothing particularly good, nothing particularly high level. But um, but yeah, I think I just I found my inner peace a lot at school. So it was turbulent. But I think going into sort of A3, A2, um, I really, really discovered who I was and started to thrive a little bit. Um, so that was cool for me. Definitely. You know, what, um, whatever breaks you makes you stronger, definitely, in a way. So that's no, that's that's really, really cool. Um, and obviously, you've been hugely, hugely successful in uh, managing to achieve um, Oxford University, a, pl- a place there. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that. That's, that's really incredible. Yeah, again, uh, one of my songs sort of relates to that. Um, yeah, uni was great. I, um, I took a similar approach to sixth form. I didn't uh, try to excel in anything. Um, I was really enjoying it. I was doing classics, so... Um, I had two contact hours a week, so I only had to be places for two hours a week. The rest of the time was just mine, uh, which is dangerous. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I frequented loads of lectures. Um, they were often on a on a Thursday morning at nine o'clock when Wednesday was the big sports night out. So um, those were were uh, that was a shame. Um, but yeah, it was good. I again tried to do lots. I kept up with the sport, kept up with a bit of music, um, but was just trying to have a good time. 
uh, and not get too bogged down uh, in the library. I was a bit of a library watcher, um, which is sort of like a bird watcher, but for libraries. So we go around and tr- it's incredibly lame, but uh, we try and see some some cool libraries and there are some cool ones around. So yeah, I enjoyed that experience, but uh, a lot of time with my, my nose in a book rather than going and, and doing uh, illegal things. So uh, w- what is the coolest library you saw then? Uh, there's a few, the Codrington. So um, the, the Bodleian Library is the famous one um, and everyone knows the picture of the Radcam, which is part of the Bod. Well, they're all kind of part of the Bod, but anyway. There's one in All Souls, which is the college. If, you, if you're looking at the the Radcam, it's the one on the, the right. It's really, really exclusive. But I found out that you could just fill in a form and get access to it. Um, so it's called the Codrington, and there was literally nobody in there ever. So you'd walk in, it's just a massive library, uh, and you'd be the only one in there. Um, and that was pretty that was pretty mesmerizing. Um, there was one, the Duke Humphreys, uh, which was where the Harry Potter Forbidden section was. So Ooh. that was cool. But you weren't allowed to take rucksacks in there. You had to... Um, just carry whatever you were taking in and all the books were alarmed so if you touched the book the alarm went off um, so that wasn't great for working but it was quite a fun day out yeah um, otherwise uh, I didn't really mind I just liked a nice view and, and uh, a nice seat and I just love the smell of old books so anywhere mm. that had that was, was good for me me and you both actually I'm, I'm a huge fan of the kind of rustic old smell of, a, of an old book that's, that's really really cool now um, before we uh, before we move on Mr Calvert please would you talk to me a little bit about your, um, your first track um so you might need to fill me in what the first track is actually. Um, so this is um, Sandstorm by Darude. I'm going to say a, f- a few things about this track. It is an absolute sound. If Most people don't recognise it by the name or the artist, because to be fair, Darude didn't do much else apart from this. Um, but it's just amazing, isn't it? It is. It, it appeals to my uh, my darker side, I think. Uh, in in my, my third and fourth year at uni, I was playing some rugby league. And we'd go out every night after our game and we had this our sort of club motto that was uh, Wednesday midday to Wednesday midnight was the best 12 hours of the week. And you knew uh, the pinnacle was when Darude Sandstorm goes on in Park End on a Wednesday night uh, when we just go nuts. So it really represents that, 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 uh, yeah, that fun side of, of uni, I guess. Amazing. Well, we'll listen to that now. Thank you, Mr. Calvert. Thank you. 
song mr cavill what a choice definitely i can feel my my inner self getting hyped in a way that's that's really really cool um just before the song actually you were speaking a little bit about rugby league in your third and third and fourth year is that right at university um how was that how how impactful was that to you that's that's incredibly cool yeah it was great we were um well we have to say we weren't good at all we were a load of rugby union dropouts we'd all played school rugby union um and weren't good enough to get in the rugby union side so um the appeal was basically it was a lot of people that could play and just wanted to have a good time. Uh, we had a reputation for just being uh, fun on a social, so a lot of uh, a lot of other sports teams wanted to just hang around with us. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. It suited me. Um, for those who don't know, rugby league is quite attritional. Um, unlike rugby union, when you try and run around people, rugby league you just pick someone and run at them as hard as you can, and you do it for seventy minutes. Um, Ooh, sounds fun. It's an acquired taste, but it's oh, it's quite addicting actually. And uh, in those two years, we just had a good group. There were no massive egos. Uh, we were we happened to be winning our league and, and going through in the cup and everything. So uh, it was just yeah, a happy coincidence. And we had a coach called Jamesy, this northern lad, proper northerner, um, crazy man. He used to come out with us as well. He was like forty five, had two kids, but he loved it. Um, and he used to stay in my flat on my spare bed and yeah just it was a good time it was a good time <laughs> it sounds very competitive which is really cool is, is that right yeah um yeah it was it was just like training you just they're your mates you're in the changing with them and then suddenly for an hour you just just try and destroy each other on the pitch um <laughs> it's really hard to describe it is it is fun um but yeah it's uh it can wear you down a bit as well but I, I encourage everyone to give it a go if you play rugby union uh you probably enjoy a bit of rugby league it's got all the best bits without the scrums Definitely. Ooh. Well, the scrums are the best bits. <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, I think getting three people into a tackle on uh, someone that might be slightly smaller is quite fun as well. <laughs> it's debatable for sure. Um, now, uh, now I don't think, from my understanding, you're a one-trick pony. Like I, fe- I, f- I feel that you um, you're multi-talented in the sporting uh, sporting industry. You, I think, do you play a bit of cricket as well? Is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think players are loose term. I was described by a friend at uni as outstanding in my mediocrity in a number of sports. 
so yeah. uh, I can I can play a few sports, but I play none of them very well. I do like playing for the staff team. I have yeah. a special relationship with Mr. Carter. Uh, he he's the wicketkeeper, and I I just bowl this this filthy off spin really. Um, but together we just seem to take wickets. It's a combination that has, <laughs> has been potent over the last year, so that's been fun. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy cricket. I love it with a Sunday league. Uh, match tea is the most important thing for me. If it's a poor match tea, then it's a poor game. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I do enjoy cricket in the summer. Absolutely. Uh, no, yeah. it's very seasonal sport for sure. Well, what, if I had to uh, ask you, what would you prefer um, if I if I made you choose rugby or cricket? Well, where does your passion lie, really? Uh, well, it's quite seasonal. I mean, if it's winter, then you can't play cricket. But if I had to choose between two, I would go cricket every time. It's way more social. Um, you can go for a, for a beer with the team afterwards. Um, and it's what I've, I've played for the longest, I guess. I think I'm always done with rugby by the end of the season. Yeah, but that hour and a half is is more fun. Cricket can can drag on a little bit throughout the afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, but no, I love watching cricket and uh, everything cricket is uh, is good for me. No, oh, that's cool. That is cool. That is that's pretty incredible, actually. No, um, no, that's that's cool. Um, so actually, I want to talk a little bit about about your hobbies, knitting. I know you did an assembly actually to the um to the whole school. Very incredible. Um, about knitting and your uh, and your passion for that. How has that how has that shaped you really? Yeah, I mean, it's on the back burner at the moment. I haven't done it for a while. I've got no. a few jumpers on the go. I'm actually trying to knit a cricket jumper right now. Um, but yeah, it's going to take me ages. Um, I started that on my, my year out. I remember I was quite bored and uh, I was working in a pub in the evening and I was working, I was in the library during the day just learning Latin and Greek vocab that was quite dull. And I found it in the loft on my mum's knitting bag, got it out, thought I'd have a go. It was pretty bad, but just got hooked pretty much straight away. Um, and then at uni, I joined a knitting club that was quite fun. Um, and there were some good socials at Knitting Club as well, uh, which sounds slightly counterintuitive, but they were. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I just kept up with it. And actually, I got to this point, there was like a, a critical um, skill level that I got to where I could actually start making stuff and it looked okay. Uh, and then it everything kind of took off and people started to be like, oh, that's actually really cool. And I really enjoyed making stuff. And now I can kind of make things without needing the pattern. Um, and it's just quite relaxing. I, I like being time efficient and it means I can get away with watching trashy Netflix and make myself feel better about it. So mm, cool. um, that's a good thing for me. But yeah, it's just it's just really a hobby. It doesn't really come to anything. No, it's a good excuse definitely to watch trash TV. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for them all the time, to be honest. <laughs> no, that, that that's really cool. So talk to us a little bit about your second, uh, second track. I believe it's Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. Is that right? Yeah, this is a really rogue shout, but um, <laughs> it's by Baz Lerman. I was introduced to this by my mindfulness teacher at school so when i was saying that i used to be really highly strung i did a year of mindfulness with this guy called richard burnett uh who was an rs teacher and a spanish teacher and a housemaster and um it's basically meditation like secular meditation so not necessarily a religious idea um but it was all about just letting stuff go and just um well it's uh, all, all the kind of lame things you associate with meditation but um it was really useful for me and I found it really cool and I really liked the group and he played us this song in one of the sessions just after we meditated and I remember it being being quite a spiritual experience I know I played this to my D's and PSRE and they just they were like what's the point um, but for me I, I think it's quite deep so yeah it's got a good message I think brilliant let's listen to that now gentlemen of the class of 99 wear sunscreen If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen has been proven by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice 
now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they've faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind. The kind that blindside you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead. Sometimes you're behind. The race is long. And in the end, it's with yourself. Remember compliments you've received. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. Uh, to be honest, I don't really listen to music that much. Uh, Stretch. Yeah, I know. Don't feel guilty um, if you I don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't I know like at 22 what they, they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most um, interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. But yeah, I guess um, get plenty my of dad calcium. really, really likes music. Be kind likes to your knees. Yeah. You'll um, miss them when they're brother, gone. Um, is Maybe you'll marry. Techno. Maybe you won't. Uh, and funk. Maybe you'll have children. Uh, I really like the funky Maybe bass, you won't. Um, Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Too. Maybe you'll <laughs> dance the funky chicken. My music tastes more than anything. Just having that on in the car. I'd say my taste is pretty mainstream. I don't think that I've ever been massive. And I just like songs when they come my way. I don't really seek it out myself. I think my Spotify is pretty tragic. But like best of 2022 or something. Don't be afraid of it. <laughs> you might have to take a look through that one day, sir. Yeah, literally. I think I I just started listening to music when I used to play RuneScape, and I had five songs on repeat, like Yellow Submarine, Skater Boy. Um, when I hear them, I immediately think RuneScape, and I'm like, I've got to go mine or fish or something. Were you ever very good at RuneScape? No, I was addicted to making, uh, to mining and making stuff. Yep. Uh, for no real gain and making fires. I think um, it's actually I could well. Yeah, I think it's a big part of my personality is is trying to upskill, and I remember it's why I was addicted to Pokemon as well. Was just like mm. that idea of leveling up and evolution. I just I got so hooked on it, mm. um, uh, and so I think RuneScape allowed me to do that in a virtual form. Yeah. So I had to stop because it was it was taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> Same with yeah. Wild Warcraft, all all of those kind of games. I just got to walk away from. <laughs> I speak from experience when I say I am a little bit of a gamer. I've got a confession. <laughs> Mr. Carvery, you like me? You a bit of a but are you into your gaming or were you anyway? Yeah, I remember I got uh, Xbox Live Gold during my GCSEs and started crushing Call of Duty Online. Um, I was playing <laughs> COD 4 at the time. Uh, oh, good game. And uh, I think it was called Shipment. It was their like small yep. map. Yeah, uh, Shipment has been in nearly every single COD game since the start. Yeah. It's it, insane. It's, uh, it was really cool. Free for all. Uh, I remember I racked up like a 28 kill streak and I, I nearly hung up my wall. I was like, wow, this guy is good. Uh, it's when I got my... my kill to death ratio above two and i was like no i'm, I'm good now but it took me it took me hours <laughs> uh clash of clans at uni used to love yes. the clash 
Um, yeah, I was never particularly good at that one. Uh, it was a real drain of my time. I think I mentioned to you, Ollie, the other day, I used to plan my reading sessions around it. If my army would take 45 minutes, I'd read for 45 minutes, do my attack, read again. Um, oh, so it's a scheduling tool exactly then. Yeah, it was, useful. it was useful. It was <laughs> the same with Farmville. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if you guys played Farmville. It's like a Facebook game. I know you guys don't really do Facebook, but I used to, I think... Um, Without wanting to get in too much of the economic details, I think something like melons would would get more money per acre, but wheat would grow perfectly for my school day. So actually, I could farm wheat three times, but melons only twice, and I worked out this was far more economically viable for me. So I, yeah, I, I quite I get There's quite yeah, teaching I get quite hurt. skills yeah, for sure, for sure. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> that, that 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 is really cool. Actually, <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, right, so um, you're a classics teacher, Mr. Calvert, and you're also a maths teacher. Ooh. So you made the switch, I believe, last year. So um from uh, going into September. So what, what prompted you to uh, to move from classics to maths? Very different indeed. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed both of them. I did classics at uni, so I guess that's my sole place. Um, and that was how I came to Bryanston first. I came to the, the Greek camp when I was 17, stayed in Portman House in one of the D dorms, C dorms, right? Um, yeah, Portman. And then, um, yeah, last year I was looking to do my teacher training and I really wanted to, again, uh, this small print, just get this qualification that meant I could teach overseas. Um, and I wasn't going to be able to do that by, through classics, but then um, the option became available to do that for maths. Uh, so I thought that's great. I can expand my portfolio, yep. um, empower my CV and give it another go. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to open some doors. Uh, and it's been really nice to get my uh, get my maths back up to scratch. Um, it took a, it took a few weeks at first to try and remember how to do most of it but i hope ollie that you, you are you are benefiting now no i'm, uh, I'm reaping it. the benefits for sure um, <laughs> it's extra weeks yeah literally uh but no it's good i think uh it was yeah it was random i always hoped that i would teach a bit of maths um and i hope that i'll get some classics going again in the future and and do uh, a bit of both i had a teacher at school called uh, mr schweitzer who who taught some maths and classics so i was hoping that i could just model my life on him really oh, cool. um, yeah did he play runescape he didn't, oh. um, but he had lots of lots of amusing stories, uh, none of which are suitable for the radio, unfortunately. Of, but of, he, uh, yeah, of course. We, we used to do Cicero with him, who was a, a Roman orator, uh, and he told us uh, lots of rude things about Cicero and about when he was a housemaster, and, and that was quite interesting. And I, I thought mm. I'd like to be like this guy. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that is cool. I mean, it's it's amazing, actually, how oddly different classics and maths are, actually. But um, they're, they're, in a way, they kind of intertwine, I think. You've, you've demonstrated from your teaching, actually, anyway, um, Mr. Calvary, over the last year. I've had you as um, as a maths teacher that, um, you know, that, that you, you throw out some classic quotes here and there. Yeah, I actually opened up with a Latin quote to my D's this morning, um, which was, Urticae proxima saepe rosa est which I uh, read in some Ovid on Sunday uh, while I was uh, giving a lesson. And it means the rose is often next to the nettle, which I thought Ooh. was quite nice. Um, yeah, I, I try and, uh, <laughs> that's quite random. I try to introduce uh, classics where, where possible. I think uh, I would strongly contest your assertion that they are, maths and classics is very different. I actually think they're pretty much the same. Um, they're basically both just languages to convey information. Yep. Um, I'd say they're equally beautiful. I, I weep about both um, <laughs> maths usually because I can't do it classics because it's more pretty but um, but yeah I think um, they actually are quite similar when you get down to it and they're just glorified crosswords oh, okay. absolutely no um, I'm going to be honest I'm not sure if I'm the only one that doesn't quite understand but what does that quote mean that you used this morning 
Oh, uh, it's sort of like the rose is beauty or perfection, right? It's what you want. And the stinging nettle is the bad thing. And the whole Ovid was talking about, uh, he it was in the Remedia Amoris, which means the cure of love. And he wrote these love manuals uh, called the Ars Amatoria. He wrote two books for men and one book for women on how to find a romantic partner, um, which was quite tongue-in-cheek. And then he wrote this Remedio Amoris, which was the cure of love, so how to fall out of love. Uh, and he was talking about how the earth brings forth good and bad. So it produces nice things and it produces bad things. And then he was basically saying, I've made you fall in love and I make you fall out of love, such as like the rose is often next to the nettle, like actually good and bad and probably not that different and they often exist in the same place um i think was what it's trying to get out i might have completely misread that no that's a cool anecdote actually <laughs> what um, happened what would happen if you read all four of those books uh, <laughs> uh it's a good question uh you you would probably be a horrible human being because okay, they cool. the advice they, they hand out was pretty bad but there's, there's, there's one really nice thing actually that i think would would appeal to people is um when he's giving advice to men on how to woo a a woman uh the advice was um if she sends you a letter make sure you wait three days before you send her a letter back and i think that's advice that people often give now is wait three days to send a text and i find that quite nice because it's like two thousand years ago and yeah the same thing <laughs> playing hard to get basically yeah um the rest again is uh is less suitable no that's cool actually the the cohesion between the um between the classical world and the, and the modern day it's uh, surprising how uh how they link together actually uh, so, Mr. Calvert, talk to us a little bit about your, uh, I think, is it is it your third track, I think? Yeah, uh, yeah I think it's, yeah. I, um, I apologise, it, actually, it's it, it, Mirable, it's, I think. Yeah, Mirable or Elbow. Uh, yeah, I, this was a really deep moment for me. Uh, I was on my, it was, uh, I can tell you the exact date, actually, the first, isn't this, was uh, January the 1st, 2016. Um, I was on my gap year. I'd just finished working in the pub. Uh, it was New Year's Day. I'd, I'd worked till like 3 a.m. on New Year's Eve. And then I was getting on the plane to New Zealand to go on my gap year. And I was sitting on the plane and I just hadn't had this this heart sinking moment, this realization that I was going halfway around the world. I didn't know anybody there. I had no friends there and I didn't know where I was staying, what I was going to do. Uh, and this song played on the on the plane. And there's one lyric in the chorus, um, which basically everything has changed. And I was a bit like, yeah, this is my life. Suddenly school is gone. Friends are doing different things. Uh, I felt like my life had changed. So yeah. Shadow, I know to 
Cool. Quite a long song, definitely, but um, very powerful, in fact. Um, now, we were actually talking during the break. Um, Mr. Calvert, um, you, I know you're not really too much of a musical man, as you were saying. Um, however, where did you really pick up music? Was it through... Um, so, did you prefer streaming? Did you prefer listening to vinyls, uh, radio? Where, where, where did it come from? Uh, streaming is quite a new thing, Ollie, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't through streaming. I, I had a... Uh, my brother's always been into music, so I got, got his hand-me-downs from CDs, I guess. Yeah. But I had, uh, like, a physical... I think it was a... Oh, I can't remember, a Casio CD player or something. Um, and my first album was Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy, Ooh. Um, which I listened to a lot uh, in my bedroom. But that was the only CD I had for a while. Then I... On iTunes, you used to be able to burn your own CDs. So yep. I made a CD with eight random songs that Dad had given me that were sort of the Beatles and Bob Dylan, that kind of thing, which I just didn't like that much. Um, and yeah, and then I, I honestly don't know. I think when I was at school, other people used to play music all the time. There's that one, Bounce. Uh, I don't know who it's by. Bounce. All the time when I was doing my homework. Do you know that one? Do you know? I'm not, no, I'm no idea. Not anyway. familiar, I'm afraid. Uh, it's so annoying. So I was forced to listen to their music a lot. So I guess just listening through other people. Um, through sport other people would have hype playlists but yeah yeah definitely it's very uh, peer orientated for sure um now interestingly you were saying before actually we um we brought up the song mirable um that you you found this song just as you were going on your gap year away abroad uh where did you go what, what why did you choose to go abroad definitely for your gap year uh I chose to have the gap year because I didn't get into Oxford the first time and I wanted to reapply after my A-levels. So I took a year out and reapplied, um, which meant I was in the UK for six months doing that. And then I was away. Um, and I went to New Zealand for three reasons, basically. One, I love the All Blacks. So I wanted to go and watch them. Two, I watched David Attenborough's Life of Birds and he had Ooh. an episode on New Zealand. I love birds and bird watching generally. Um, but there was this, uh, he did this episode there and I was hooked and I had to go and see them. Uh, and then thirdly, it was as far away from home as I could get. <laughs> so those three things were a real benefit um and yeah and then i i just went and i was teaching in a primary school in auckland called ficino 
um, and I was living with the headmaster there. It was just a tiny primary school of like 90 pupils or something. And then on the weekends, I was playing hockey and I was uh, volunteering at this bird island, um, which I know people get bored because I talk about it a lot. Um, my D's again had a full hour rant for me the other, <laughs> the other week about it. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. I just did it for six months and then and then came back. But it was nice to get out and do some other things and just be independent. I think I had no friends there when I arrived. I wouldn't say I left any friends there, but it was like just that independence and just doing things I wanted to do them was really, really, really cool for me. Definitely. No, it's uh, it's it's nice to get away. Definitely that distance. It's it's a tricky thing to do. Uh, which would, would you say you've learned something from doing it? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I think um, I probably learned more about how other people are really generous to me and, and um, I try and, and give it back. I think also when um, I've learned that it's really hard when someone's there and they don't know that many people. Yeah. So I think I've become much better at trying to include others in situations um i don't always do it as well as i would like to but i think um it's been really useful for me to be like actually if i hang out with those nine people the whole time i'd rather go and talk to that one person that i don't know um if it makes them feel more welcome that's cool as well so um just randomly being in situations has helped me out absolutely no that that that's cool actually uh yeah again very different very different indeed um so very different again from new zealand uh bryanston what what kind of what, what drew you here i mean you've been here for uh, 18 months coming up to two years now nearly is that right yeah uh it's, it's another good question i was sitting in the library uh reading some random book and uh, an email came through from the university about the job here for the residency um it was basically just before covid in 2020 i didn't have a job when i left i always knew i wanted to teach i knew Bryanston because i'd come here for greek camp so i just I, I thought i'd go for it. it seemed like a fun job it seemed like i'd keep my options open and if i really disliked teaching i wouldn't have lost anything from it um so it was just it seemed a good way to hedge my bets uh and it's worked out really well so mm. um yeah it was it was sort of random that it happened but i'm glad that it did yeah no and now, and now look where you are yeah now on on the radio <laughs> yeah no i think definitely from all of us we thank you we, we thank you uh for um definitely seizing that opportunity yeah which is cool uh cool um so where would you say um so obviously you're at university and uh, you know you had your gap year and all of that so um what kind of opportunities were you uh, were you given that you perhaps didn't take? Um, not perhaps uh, you know different to uh, to taking the the residency. You know, what other opportunities you have that you didn't quite you know manage to manage to grasp? Uh, that's a tough question because I tend to say yes to most things. I think. Oh, it's really tricky. At uni, I literally did everything that I kind of wanted to. Um, I think in my year out again i just did stuff that i wanted to do i think i probably most of the time failed to get to i failed to get like full expertise in anything i kind of i'm a bit like a puppy i get distracted really easily <laughs> so I'll, I'll do something for a couple of weeks and really enjoy it and then i'll go to something else and do something else um but i i really honestly looking back don't think that there's any massive moment that i i regret um i'd probably do it all again so yeah, I don't. I honestly, I, I'm struggling to think of one one moment where I was like, I wish I'd taken that path. No, absolutely. That's that, that's the best way to be. Honestly, no regrets. Yeah. I think uh, one of the the nicest things. I think definitely one of the most difficult things to achieve is uh, to you know, be sat there in your final days and thinking, oh, I have no regrets. I, I don't think that happens very often, which is which is really really cool. That's that's nice. Yeah. Um. So uh, fourth song, I believe. Um, raindrop prelude. Uh, I believe uh, by Martha. Uh, I don't want to pronounce the last names. I think it's uh, Agaric. I think it should be by Shopper. Have we got them on by Shopper? Ooh, the Raindrop Prelude. Is it? Is it in D flat major? Yeah. 
Maybe it's the same one. It might be who's playing it. it might I, be the yeah, 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 I think yeah. we're on the same page. It just yeah, is. yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, this was, uh, again, thinking back to school, my piano teacher was called uh, David Williams. Uh, and he was he was quite a small man in height, but one of the strongest people I've ever met physically. Uh, he had insomnia and would go to the gym all of the time. Uh, so I thought that was really cool, uh, <laughs> being a, a scrawny <laughs> little man. Um, and I remember we, we had a... We like he he sort of just taught me piano and again realized I was not going to be amazing, and then he was like, "What do you want to learn?" And I went, "I really don't know. Can you just play some things until there's one that I like?" And he sat down, and he played this one, and uh, the, it's like an I don't really know anything about classical music properly, but it's like ABA. So there's there's two sections, the start and the end sound similar, and there's this bit in the middle, and he played this bit in the middle, and it was the first time I'd heard a classical piece that I was like, "Oh, that is literally amazing," um, and this has kind of become the anthem of my life when something good or bad happens. I'll sit down on the piano and I'll play it. And like, and like I don't have to practice that often now because I've played it so much. So it's just, it feels like a bit of a rock for me, this one. Huh, cool. Absolutely. Let's give it a listen.
Oh, definitely. No, it's nice to have a rock. We were just saying, actually, it's uh, it's great to ha kind of have that one go-to song, you know, in between when you're kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place. It's uh, it's nice to have. Um, now, kind of completely off-topic, actually, Mr. Calvert, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to insult you by saying you're not a natural actor or anything like that. But um, I've seen you uh, definitely over your time here. I've seen you perform in the, in the staff review. Uh, <laughs> definitely, I think on both occasions, actually. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, the staff review. Um, I just felt like I had to get involved with that. I think I really like performing and being on stage, but you're right. I don't think I'm a, a, a natural actor, having seen uh, all the A3s do a wonderful a3 festival I, I don't think that i would be uh be up there on stage doing it myself um but the the first one was online i just i felt bad and i figured the resident should always do something so we uh filmed debits of forever uh which was a bit of fun and actually i think we probably had more fun filming it than it actually turned out i don't think my editing skills were as good well they're probably the same as my acting they were just <laughs> terrible <laughs> uh, i'm sure not uh but that was fun and then yeah the one this year um i can't remember we did now it was the uh house challenge with the depisms and the uh, Lord of the Rings, I think <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I think everyone had just had enough by that point. I <laughs> I remember I'd pretty much had enough of it, and uh, and that one, yeah. Luckily, I only had like a, a minor role in that. Other people bore the brunt of of, <laughs> of that pain, um, but hopefully it was reasonably well received. But yeah, if there's any excuse to get on stage, I'm always happy to do it, but um, not really in an acting role, I guess. No, but it's nice to um to kind of um to diverse, I guess, to get involved in different things is uh it's you know it's an opportunity again, so that's nice to to kind of get involved in um brilliant uh so dorset house um like mr beals a couple Ooh. of weeks ago oh okay <laughs> got a bit of conflict in the room um so obviously you know your your uh, our deputy has done down in dorset so um what do you think maybe the deputy has role uh, has taught you i mean obviously you're a resident the first year so it's nice to, to kind of see you step up uh for this year yeah well it's like a proper job interview question uh what has the deputy role taught me um, I think I, I look up a lot to Mr. Beals and I, I've learned a lot from Mr. Beals about man management uh, and about trying to run the house. Uh, I was at a boarding school myself, so I sort of have been on the receiving end of it. Um, so it's, again, taught me a lot about seeing it from the other side. Uh, it's taught me a lot about myself and and how I respond differently depending on how I've slept, uh, which I wasn't necessarily aware of. I'm sure you've been aware of that, Ollie. Um yeah, I think um, it hasn't changed massively from the residency. I think it's helped that I've stayed in Dawson. I already knew everyone. Um, and obviously, it's like elite squad. So um, that was always cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's just been it's been nice to um, to, to move downstairs in, in the, the slightly bigger flat and to just take a slightly more active role in it. Um, but yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's just taught me a bit more about, about man management and, and trying to be as consistent as I can at all times. No, definitely. It's I, I completely agree with you when you say um, uh, I, I respond differently when uh, even half an hour less of sleep makes an, it's such an impactful difference, more or less. I feel my mood changes so much for the better or worse. It's, it's incredible. Um, now, my final question actually for you this evening is um, your long term goals, Mr. Calvert. I mean, you were um, you were saying earlier, obviously, how you went abroad. And I think if I remember correctly, I think is it you want to teach abroad long term? Um, is that is that your is that your grand plan? Uh, yes, it is. Um, the whole thing has become slightly more complex, um, just in terms of time frame, um, for, uh, romantic reasons, but I would oh. still like to, I would still like to go, uh, go abroad. I don't really know where or when, um, but that, that is, that is still the aim. I think 
just getting out and about it'd be such a, a good way to have a base overseas i think that's what i really about, liked about new zealand was i was living in auckland so i wasn't traveling around i could get to know it and do some stuff um so i i hope that will happen i'm sure it will happen again um but yeah i think just in terms of of what i what i try and do i think just try and try and get out and about i just hate being stagnant um i get i hate being a caged animal so any way that i can mm. get out that doesn't necessarily mean going and running around and doing loads of things but um but trying new stuff always trying to, to better myself uh, as far as i can and just pick up new skills um is what i try and focus on so i'll try and live my life like that and uh, we'll see what happens Definitely. No, I don't want to intrude on in your privacy here, but um, <laughs> when you say roman- ro- romantic interest, um, yeah. <laughs> is there um, is there any compromise between uh, between the both of you that could work out long term? Oh, it's 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 um, like a positive thing. It's not a negative thing, but it's just it's just changed the landscape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a, it was a two D situation. Just, it's now like a three D beast. Yeah. You just got. It's another thing to consider. Yeah, of course, but uh, yeah, it's it's opened more doors than it's closed, but that's made decisions more tricky to come by. If you see what I mean? Oh, absolutely, no, uh, no, I completely completely get where you're coming from. Um, obviously, New Zealand has been been, I guess, in the cars. Where is that? Is that the is that where specifically you would choose to go? I, I probably wouldn't go back there. Um, I mean, it's an amazing place, but I would if I want to travel around a bit, I'd probably see some other places first. Uh, Mr. Flitter suggested I go to a Spanish-speaking rugby school in Argentina. I mean, that would be amazing. The, yeah. the downside is I don't speak Spanish, so I'd have to learn that, but that would be cool. I'm sure you can learn some way or other. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Southeast Asia would be cool. Um, I don't really mind yet. I don't think there's a location. It's just getting out and, and, and trying to do some new stuff. I think it would also be cool to get away from the UK for a bit. Yeah. Um, get a bit of a tan on, that kind of thing. Mm. Definitely see. <laughs> tan is important. <laughs> that would be my priority when, uh, when searching for definitely... Um definitely a new place to to maybe base um that's really cool uh so your final track i believe which will empty me and actually before we end i just want to thank you mr calvert um you know you come on an incredibly short notice um that's something i wouldn't do if i was you so no, that's really really kind that you've uh, that you've done this for us so thank you thank you thank you um now your final track i believe have we got oh one of my personal favorites actually the pretender by foo fighters uh yeah this this is just huge hype um Whenever I need to get going, this will always get me up and about. Hopefully a bit of a crowd pleaser. Um, but yeah, it's just a massive club banger. <laughs> Brilliant. I think yeah. we'll play that now. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back, I believe. There's half term next week, so we'll be back uh, definitely in a couple of weeks. Um, enjoy uh, the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you to Mr. Cameron. Thank you to DJ Zan for, for being here with us tonight. Oh, you're welcome. You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs>
probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. <laughs> 